Hello. There you are. I'm dying to talk. Wait, one second. Really quick. Hang on. Un café con leche. Gracias. And what's going on, girl? Oh, trouble. Trouble in paradise. Welcome to Double Trouble, a podcast narrated by identical twins living in organized chaos, trying to figure out what's up and what's down in this world, all while living 2,000 miles apart. Join the combo, my friends. Hello. Hey, girl. We're here. Welcome to Double Trouble. So excited to be recording this, our pilot episode. We felt like, yes, finally, we felt like it was really important to kind of answer some of these possible questions that might come up like, who are these people? What are they talking about? Why the heck should we listen to them? Yes, fair questions. So let's just start off by first saying, I'm Lane. I am Nell. Identical twins. We are currently living very far apart, 2,000 miles apart. I am in the suburbs of Chicago, Nell. And I'm in Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. And it's been like this for some time, mind you. Has it been almost 15 years now? We are going towards 15 years, correct. So, you know, we are living in very different cultures, very different cities. And of course, being very close sisters and twins, we connect quite often, if not many times a day. And we have noticed that we oftentimes come to each other with maybe a conundrum, an issue, an opportunity, or something just like, you know, a little thorn in our foot. And when we talk to each other, when if let's say I come to Nell with something, I feel when I come to her that it's going to be something that's very individual to me, my community, or something specifically going on with my life. And I'm almost, I've been almost always shocked that she has something to pull from from her environment where she can relate with it or say, oh my gosh, you can't believe I actually dealt with something like that last week or I was going through that in my relationship. And what we really started to come to realize is that these issues or problems or maybe even just challenges, they're not individual and they're not even necessarily having to do with where we live. They're very universal And a lot of them have to do with stage of life that we're in. And Nelly, you can talk a little bit about that. We have this luxury of being able to connect without a warm-up. Everybody's maybe got that close friend they can call, or maybe it's a handful of close friends. But with that being said, lives are very busy and people work and there's time zone changes. And it's really hard to get through some of the the fluff that we have to go through first, where you just want to get right to whatever's going on. And sometimes you have to ask, you have to check the boxes. Like, oh, how are you? What's going on? How's work? Are the kids okay? Okay, finally, can I talk to you about X, Y, and Z, right? (laughs) But what you and I are so lucky because we get to skip like a whole section of conversations from the, the front part and the end part and go right to the middle. And I feel like that's what is inspiring us to do this is to to be like, we're probably not the only ones going through this and that can benefit from these conversations. It's important to know that we are experts at offending and forgiving each other because we're not really yes men for each other. Like where we're kind of like, well, wait a minute. I see what you're saying, but how about A, B, and C? It's not, it's not just a bitch fest, let's say. It's not just like, I have to just rant. No, it's actually like looking at issues and discussing them and kind of like psychologically analyzing them and questioning why is it like this? And 
do I have to fall in line with these social norms and how can I be different and sharing, you know, research that we've heard from our communities or from our schools with each other. So some of the topics that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So some of the topics that we want to definitely cover, I think that will continue to be themes throughout this podcast are going to be topics like changes of friendships and the growth that we have is we're not like in our twenties anymore. We're not young. We're not old, but we start to notice with time that friendships change. The people that we're friends with change. There's the loss. Sometimes there's, there's gain. And there's also the navigating of where we spend our time and our, our energy. Right. So there's just natural evolutions, really. And sometimes that's painful. Yes, super painful. And I think also that um, managing of time is a big thing because now a lot of people have families and time is not as disposable as it was before, where you could just nurture any friendship that you wanted to. Now it's really, you have to pick and choose, right? Absolutely. We have to be more discerning. So also, you know, raising the next generation. So as you mentioned, we're not young, we're not old, but we're somewhere in the middle. And we are kind of in that sandwich generation where we're observing our parents getting a little bit older, things are changing, they're making decisions that reflect their stage of life. Well, let's be real. Our parents are also passing away. I mean, we lost our father over a year, a little over a year ago. So it's aging and also loss and, and, and grief. grief, of course, and adjusting. And then all while that's happening, we're trying to raise the next generation of responsible adults, caring, loving, independent, mindful, capable. Right. And that all, and, and there's decisions that come with that, you know, whether it's around devices, uh, whether it's about overscheduling. Technology. Yeah. The sports, the academics. Oh my goodness. The list yeah, go on. Exactly. Um, then there's also what I love delving into is the adult social life. Something I didn't think about when I was younger because I just assumed it all flows, but you realize that, yeah, there's a lot of choices when it comes to navigating, you know, how to, how to pick and choose again. And some of the social norms that are happening that we have to question. I, I love talking about those things with you, Lane. Well, I think that you experienced that a lot, you know, being in a kind of an expat community of sorts because of what's happening in Puerto Rico, you know, there's a lot of Americans there and so a bit more transient. Yes, there's a transient nature. So there's a lot more picking and choosing. Um, and then you've got your your lifers and your long-term families, generational families. Okay, well, let's not forget that we're also going to be talking about aging and beauty because you know what? We didn't think about it. We didn't think about it 10 years ago. It's all of a sudden kind of staring us in the face. And we're at a time in society where so much is accessible. There's so many interventions. And I think at some point you you... Each individual has to decide where their where their two feet stand, you know, where what their approach is. Well, and this is a this is an almost like we said, like a continuous topic that comes in because it's not like a one and done. This is like a constantly evolving and constantly trying to field all the things coming at us in the sense of how to age as a woman. We'll eventually get to doing some good interviews and have some guests on here. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some feedback from the listeners about topics that interest them and conversations that they want to see unravel that you and I can kind of delve into and, and see where we go. I so look forward to that because I feel like, again, that, that can get back into the idea that we're not alone. So if there's something that somebody's going through to bring that to the table and have us kind of delve into that so that people are feeling heard or feeling understood. Supported, like, supported, supported and not yeah. alone. 
we are, as I always said, only children, just a set of twins. Like we're not an only child, but it's kind of to us is what we felt. We were only children because we didn't have any other siblings and our parents, you know, in the time that we were raised, there was not much around like individualism at all. So they always said, well, we raised you, you know, as one, we treated you exactly the same. And I'm like, uh, thanks slash not thanks. So there's obviously pluses and minuses that come with that, but their approach was always to not differentiate between us and try to give us equal treatment, which sometimes worked against us, I imagine. They separated us in classes, you know, when we were young, but you're absolutely right. We basically did everything together. We did sports together. We did dance together. We did, we had talent backgrounds in our childhood. We did a lot of print and on-camera work. Yeah. So we decided to go into that phase. We both wanted to be like in that industry and modeling and we did that. And then when it was time to start like being social in seventh and eighth grade or something, we decided together, like we're done with this whole modeling thing. Yeah. We'd rather play volleyball. <laughs> we'd rather go to pep rallies, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yes. So we, have, we, we really, and that's just kind of like a microcosm of how we lived our life. We evolved yeah. together and we kind of informed each other. You know, yeah. I, I think we will both say that oftentimes we made decisions that were based on the other one. For example, even when we studied abroad in Spain, I think I would have gone wherever you said you wanted to go. I was like, where are we going, girl? You Funny, know? because I, I always do remember that I wanted to go to Italy first, but then we kind of did. I was like, well, if like we work on Italian or I learn Italian, when am I going to use that language? We got to go to Spain. And <laughs> I was like, girl, whatever you want to do, I'm there. Uh, roomie for life. Roomies. That's a, an interesting thing, because we, even going to college together, there was never really a question, I think, for you and I, like, should we separate? And our parents never said, oh, it's important that you, you know, go individually, someone go to one college and one another. No, it was like, we're going together. That's it. Economically, it made more, so much more mm -hmm. sense for mom and dad, like they're practical yep. people yep. and they gave us everything they could, but it's a luxury to say, oh, let's have separate birthday parties. Oh, let's have you go to different universities and um, have different roommates and we'll provide for that. You know, we were a very practical family and Mom and dad gave us what they could, but it was, it made much more sense to kind of like pool us together. Yeah. And I think we were aware of that too. We, we wanted to do the best for the family. Right. So that said, you know, once we studied abroad, that's where you met your future husband. Yes. That was the beginning of, of that kind of next phase I'd say of life. But I think that when I met my husband or at the time boyfriend, that was the beginning of me for kind of seeing the next journey. And that's why I think I stuck so much with like learning Spanish and staying in that mental state. Like I always envisioned from early on that I would end up with him and probably here in Puerto Rico. So because your husband is from. Oh, thank you. Because he is from Puerto detail. Rico. Yes. Even though we met in Spain, he's from Puerto Rico. So I always had that, like in the back of my mind, I guess I had that intuition or something. You had a loving relationship. You, had, you probably saw longevity in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because we were so young. And I think we knew from a young age, like we can't rush this because if we do, it's going to fall apart in our faces. So we really took our time with that. And then, so when you and I left college, we went to Chicago together and such an interesting stepping stone in years of my independence slash I guess not in I don't know, independence, know we but, but like meshment, independence and meshment. <laughs> yes. Those two can go together was that we both worked for a private jet company for the same company, but separately because there was only one flight attendant per plane. So 
we had this like super independence where we'd go off each of us for our week of travel. Yes, we'd be on the road for seven days separately with two pilots. So it was very independent. And I remember that being like hugely impactful on me. And yes, and just like my independence, because I was always used to having a partner and we didn't necessarily always want to hang out with 60 year old pilots. Nah. (laughs) So a lot of times you were hanging out by yourself. Yes, absolutely. But the funny thing was, is that then we always had the same schedule. So we lived in the same apartment when we were off. It was like having this built-in partner. And I always joked that I could never have lasted in a long distance relationship had I not had a twin sister because I didn't get lonely because I had this intimate partner that to go to yoga with and to go to brunch to with and out on weekends. And I mean, no, I remember you would like get off the phone and then like I would be waiting in the, in, you know, in, like the den and being like, okay, I'm starting the movie now. You know, like get, it'd be like, when are you getting off the phone? You know, I always remember. Like, I did that passing. for you too. Just, you know, right here, but I had some toxic relationship going no. on on the side. It's all good. I've got a good husband now. Well, I'm sure I was being like the toxic sister with it, like or the codependent like, yeah, in, in the sure. cycle, in the cycle, yeah. in the cycle, always right um, there for you. So that said, you moved when, when we were 29 years old, you finally moved to Puerto Rico, you got engaged. And that was like a big step for you because you sort of made the step first in developing truly like your own identity with, that wasn't yes. that yeah. of a twin. Nobody knew you were. T- well, yes, his family, I, but I always but. say it was really easy for me in the sense that it was such a big move. And so I was just so prepared for whatever. It's like when you have your, you know, all your skills like ready to be used. It wasn't like a light little, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, move meet from the city friends. to the suburbs. Yeah. Like I was, no, I've got to meet, I've got to do it all from scratch. And I was just so ready for it because we'd been together for so long. But the point is, is that it was the first time in my life that I was perceived as just an individual. And it, it was very natural actually, again, because everything was so new. It wasn't, it was like, I was just stepping so out of my comfort zone in so many ways. Right. And I was learning right. Spanish. Language. And, right. Yeah. I was just in such a phase, like a everything new phase that it took me a while to start to realize. I'm like, whoa, I'm being perceived as an individual. Like a lot of people didn't even know I was a twin or they'd find out later. And, you know, it was always intriguing because twins are just naturally- Have a mystique. Yeah, apparently they're intriguing. But the point was, is that it really made me develop sides of myself that I had never really had to fully develop because of the partnership that you and I had that I could count on you for certain things that maybe you were stronger at. And then I would just kind of let that part of me sleep. I'm sure vice versa. Right. It's like goes dormant because you don't, it's almost like underdeveloped sides. And then over to, because I know that like, I remember when we were young in high school and whatnot, like you would not want to lie. So if we were upstairs and mom and dad were like, what are you like? Mom would yell upstairs, like, where are you girls going tonight? And I remember you would like, look at me and be like, Oh my God. I would like roll into a ball and hide and be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes. And I remember being like, oh, and being like, um, we're just going to go to Vanessa's house and then we're going to, you know, and and just having to spit out some lie. And it wasn't that I wanted to do it, but I saw you were incapable. So I'm like, I guess I'll be telling the lie tonight. And so, you know, that, that's just like. When I moved to Puerto Rico, I started to lie really well. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, no. But it is, that is a, that's a funny example of a life skill. I don't know. Maybe lying is a life skill. It's it's kind of like, like survival though, a little bit. Survival, exactly. And also it was, it was social. So, you know, I kind of ran the social circle for you. And I think you had to kind of, I mean, you've explained it to me. You had to kind of tap into something 
when you moved. Yes. And again, I think though, luckily for me, it was natural. It was almost like stepping away and being an individual. Those things actually fell very naturally into place. Like it wasn't like I had to think about it that much. It actually like those things were waiting to be developed for me. So I think it was really refreshing and empowering for me. Sometimes it's like too much of the same doesn't work. So you and I both doing the same thing twice sometimes just didn't work. We're not as powerful. Yeah. It was easier for you to let you do certain things. And then me, let me do certain things. Listen, this is very relatable. I think for husbands and wives or partners, because I think partners have that yin and yang where, you know, someone runs a social calendar, someone does the finances. Or someone plans the vacations. Like if you have two people trying to plan the vacation, can you imagine like the buddy? Yeah. I'm sure some, obviously couples come up with collaborative ways, but with that being said, there's usually someone who always takes the lead because two people taking the lead on planning a vacation, they're just going to disagree on every... And forget about a vacation. How about just like the weekend? You know, like it's like, I mean, that's, you know, for, for I mean, on all levels, like that negotiation is constantly going on. So then when I left, though, you probably, I think you had a little bit of a different experience. Well, mine just came so much later because when you moved, I kind of still had the same friends who always, they were, you know, friends with both you and I, and there wasn't much of a change for me. When you would come to visit, we would all be together again. And that said, it wasn't until, you know, I I got married and had two kids. And when I was pregnant with my third is when we really started looking at moving out of the city because it was just, you know, I was kind of waving my white flag, which I truly thought I'd never do. But that said, when we moved, I had a two-month-old third baby. And I remember it being, it was a really hard adjustment for me because I was just under 40, which is a little bit older to move to the suburbs. I feel like a lot of people move after their first kid in their young 30s, middle, middle 30s. But I was, you know, pushing 40. I had my third baby and I felt like I moved here and no one really needed new friends at this stage of life because everybody was very established People knew, you know, they, they knew generationally, they knew each other. You know, if they were families that grew up around here, there was a, a reference for people. And I do remember feeling like, oh my God, this is my first time that I am being viewed as a complete individual. I don't have like this identity of an identical twin. I didn't have you to kind of like walk into places together and just feel supported, have a bestie. Yeah, a wingman, a wingman. A wingman, really. And I still remember going to an event for my daughter's preschool And I wasn't nervous about it until I was walking in. I suddenly remember being like, oh, ooh, I have to like be on my best behavior. Like I'm, nobody knows me. Nobody really gives a shit about me, quite frankly. And I remember going in and just being like very aware of the fact that people chatted with me, but literally it was just like kind of to get out of the way to go on to the person who they were friends with or who they had a reference for, or they had a history with, or their girl, their daughters or daughters were friends with. It was like, I, I definitely was like, wow, there's no real interest in me. Well, that was a new experience for you. I was going to say a lot of people probably feel that happens a lot. Like if they weren't, you, like you and I were spoiled in the way that again, like the twin thing just creates, it creates attention, whether like, wanted and unwanted attention. So we were used to getting attention just for the simple fact of being twins. And then when you're suddenly kind of on your own, trying to like meet people and nobody's that interested in you. It's like, oh, okay, I I better like, I don't know. Yeah, it was very, very, very humbling for me. And it took me a long time to break in to social circles. And plus COVID happened during that time. 
So I felt like very de- de- a delayed process for me. Mm-hmm. But all that said, I do think like, of course, it's it's natural. It's kind of human nature to to need like reoccurrence, to need to be exposed to somebody, to have some sort of understanding of who they are, where they come from, what they represent. And once I was able to have enough reoccurrence with people, I was able to have friends and and find really great friends here. So th- that was a big stage for me, though. That was and that was my first time at such an older age to experience individualism. Absolutely. I think that's like a really good overview of us and our backgrounds, I'd say. Oh, I mean, I guess we could talk about a little bit of our professional um, development, just in the sense of, I know, like for me, after moving to Puerto Rico, I randomly found myself coming back to the acting world because there's a film industry here. And that kind of happened very naturally for me and has been like a fun experience because they bring American films and, and whatnot. So being like, and native English speaker gives me a bit of an advantage. And I've actually gotten to do some really fun projects here. And it's kind of been like that fun side job for me that's helped me have individuality too, as well. And also stepping away from the family a little bit. Like I always say, when I go to work, I'm like on vacation, really. Um, <laughs> I'm like another five hours. You're like, I won't be home for dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Make dinner without me. So that's been like a super fun experience getting back to that or getting back, going, stepping back into that talent world, like not necessarily through dance, but the performance side. You and I danced for many years together and we collaborated and we did a lot of choreography together, performed together, multimedia performance. So we always had that collaborative experience and art expression. So I, I, I think that what you're saying is important because you and I are expressive performers. And that said, I got more into like the voiceover stuff after having kids. And now I'm kind of um, working more in the commercial and lifestyle print market because Chicago is a very lifestyle market, but it's great. I'm back working again. Let me tell you, you're at the right age though, because I I do remember when we tried to do it in our twenties and they were like, the market is a bit older here. Like I actually remember us not being able to- come back when you're a mom. Yeah, basically. And so your, your timing is impeccable. That's right. That's right. Our whole goal is really to, you know, women sometimes at this stage in life, we're very compartmentalized. Sometimes we can feel isolated and and as if the issues that we're facing are so individual when in fact they're very relatable. And like we say, everybody's dealing with the same shit. So we really hope we can provide a space that can feel supportive and loving, hopefully some comedic relief and even some drama. You never yes. know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> very, very exciting. Thank you guys. All right. For anybody. Off. Thanks, mom, for listening. Appreciate it. it. <laughs> Hopefully oh it's more than you, mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe an, a mother-in-law. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Talk soon. Love you. Talk to you later. Mwah. Double Thanks trouble. So signing so out. Mwah.